Good Saturday morning. Welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host. Another Saturday morning, November 9th, the dog days of late fall, early winter. Now we're focusing on decorating. Hopefully you've got all your fall decorating, you know, you've taken down the Halloween, you know, kind of stuff. And now we're just kind of in that nice fall mode for Thanksgiving. And maybe your decorating is kind of translating into indoors. You know, maybe you're you're getting a little more festive with the fall add-ons. You know, we've got a, some beautiful silks that can be a nice addition to a lot of different things indoors. You know, so think about some of those, you know. It's time to start thinking about bringing in some color inside. Pot mums, all your stuff, all your centerpieces for, um, you know, Thanksgiving holiday. And speaking of Thanksgiving holiday, we've got our wonderful evening with Estabrooks this week on the 14th from 3 to 7. And last week we talked a little bit about it, but this week we want to talk even a little bit more. So we've got all kinds of different things kind of going on throughout the whole evening. It's not something you have to come at specific times. So some of our staff will be working on showing you how to stick greens in your window boxes. Other staff will be working on terrariums and fairy gardens. Others will be working on centerpieces and boxwood trees, you know, which centerpieces and boxwood trees are kind of what I wanted to talk about. Because both of these will last all the way through, not only Thanksgiving, but Christmas. And what we can do is we can decorate them for you for Thanksgiving. And then you can also turn around and bring them back after Thanksgiving. Give them back to us. We'll pull all the decorations out of of there that's for Thanksgiving that really won't fit for the Christmas holiday. And we'll save you a bunch of money so you can reuse them and we'll redecorate them for you at a minimal charge. And what that minimal charge is, I'm not sure. I don't get into that. That's not my stuff. My stuff is outside. You know, all the wreaths and the roping and all of that is coming in this week. I know it's hard to think that, but this is the same time last year that we brought wreaths and roping. And then the following week... We start thinking about Christmas trees and all of that. It seems like it gets earlier and earlier and earlier, and we've talked about this time and time again. Last week we talked about, you know, decorating the house at Thanksgiving with your family for Christmas and all of that. But splitting up all of those duties, it's a great way to save time. So not feeling like you have to deck the halls all the way, but... Thanksgiving is a great time to do all those outside decor additions. Make sure you got your Christmas lights up and they're working. Make sure you get all your rings and roping up. Add the bows. Do all of that. Usually Thanksgiving is a pretty nice day. Great afternoon event to get everybody off the couch. Take that nap away from them, which that doesn't work for me. So we've got to kind of schedule things appropriately to get the nap in. Okay, maybe a little football, some pie and apple crisp. You know, you you can't take all the good things away from us. But a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time to kind of as a family decorate the house. Make some additions to the, the outside. And then maybe, you know, towards nightfall you turn on the lights, you know, and kind of maybe get the Christmas carol out. I don't know. 
I wouldn't push it that far. I think it's a great time to kind of get in the spirit and the mood of the Christmas season. And then maybe the following weekend or the weekend after that, you're putting up the Christmas tree. You know, you're getting all ready to fully deck the halls inside. So start early and start often this year because it's a compressed shopping season, you know. But what I want to talk about on this great evening with Estbrooks on the 14th is that we've got not only everything that we sell, which is great for decorating and the poinsettias and, you know, all of that, but we also have the folks from main markets. All these lovely local artisans are coming in. And they're bringing all their jewelry and different artisan stuff. A whole host of gifts that you won't see at many places. They're not going to be at the craft fairs. They're not going to be at... These are really high-quality, nice artisans. If you're looking for gifts that are completely different, handmade, local, make a stop at this at this event, 3 to 7 on the 14th of November. Now, maybe you've already got plans. It's the 9th. There's a lot going on. You've got kid activities. There's a bunch of stuff going on. You can't come on the 14th. This is the great part. On the 23rd and 24th, we're having another event. We're having all kinds of events during the holiday season here. Okay. And part of the reason being is we realize you need many different things for gifts for all of the people in your life. And we can't provide all of them for you. So what we've tried to do is we've tried to partner up with people who are local artisans, give them an opportunity to vend someplace where there's covered space. We have all this greenhouse space that we don't use. And so what we're trying to do is help other companies here in Maine have an opportunity and a place to sell during the Christmas season. So we've got Christmas with alpacas, which we've done for years on the on the uh, 7th and 8th of December. The 23rd and 24th of November, we have our greenhouse market. And then on the 14th, we have our evening with Estabrooks. So a whole host of different things going on in all those different events. You can visit our web- website at estabrooksonline.com for more information. And more information will be coming more and more and more available. But I'm really excited about this because it's a sense of community amongst small businesses. You know, getting people and local artisans and craftspeople, you know, together and that's what these wonderful folks with main markets do. They're really, really, really great when it comes to doing these type of events. And so there'll be a lot of unique and different items to really be able to offer some different things and things you might not think about, you know, to your loved ones and family and friends at Christmas time. So check it out. You know, again, the 14th of November, an evening with Estabrooks, 3 to 7 o'clock. And the best part about that night is a wine tasting from Rosemont. So, you know, if you want to taste some great wines, the great thing about Rosemont, local, you know, wonderful, wonderful products, but also they're going to be taking orders for the wines that we're tasting. They won't have them for sale that night, but you can actually order them through them 
and then pick them up at any local Rosemont. They'll, they'll, they'll have you order it whichever location you want to pick it up at. So don't feel like you have to come back to Yarmouth. If you're not from Yarmouth, they'll work it out with you. Okay, so wine tasting, you know, what's better than that? We're going to have some local music. We've got, it's going to be a really festive, fun night. So certainly think about all of that. But let's think about back to the garden. Okay, it's the 9th of November. So last week we talked about your last watering. You should be winding that up. You're putting your hoses away. You're cleaning your gutters so you don't have ice dams later on in the winter. Maybe you have heat tape up on your up on your roof, you know, to make sure you don't have ice dams, you know, make sure that's working. Let's see, what else? All the leaves are down. You should be cleaning up the leaves. The oaks are finally down. You know, everything's kind of down on the ground. It's time to clean up. But one thing that we get time and time and time again, which I thought was kind of, is always interesting to me. People always come and ask, what do you guys do in the winter? What do you do? I mean, do you go south? Do you go to the Bahamas? You know, do you sit on a beach and sip Mai Tais and, you know, just enjoy yourself all winter? You know, because there's nothing you should be doing, right? I wish it was like that. Believe me, I wish, you know, so here we are. I'm going to talk a little bit about the life of a garden center. Okay, so everybody kind of understands how much goes into everything we do because a lot of times I don't think folks understand how much time and energy goes into producing a crop for spring. So here's kind of the timeline, and we're starting in November because this is always the time. So what have we been doing? First off, we have to winterize the whole place. All three stores, so we have to blow out all our irrigation to make sure it doesn't freeze. We have to make sure everything is put away so it won't blow around all winter. We have to fix any greenhouses, plastic that's flapping, make sure everything is tied down for all those wonderful nor'easters that we've got coming. Then we've got to actually service every single furnace that we have because we might need heat if we get a big storm. Although we don't have a crop in our greenhouse, we still have to have heat available in case we get heavy snow. If you think about these greenhouses, they're rated for a lot of weight. But, you know, it definitely is one of those things that we have to be cautious about. So we pick up, we clean up, we we basically get everything put away for the year. Then the cleaning begins. We have to clean every greenhouse. We have to sanitize it. We have to make sure there's no insects in there. We have to fix any irrigation leaks. We have to fix everything that has been broken throughout the whole season. So systematically, every single greenhouse we go through and we try to get to a point where we know we're going to be ready for spring. And for us, spring is mid-January. I know, scary thought, isn't it? We're always 8 to 12 to 16 weeks ahead of everything that you're thinking about. So when I talk about on the radio show, being prepared and being ahead of schedule, part of that is just because my life is ingrained that way. I'm always a season ahead. Doesn't mean it translates to my personal life, because it never does. But at work, we're always a season ahead. So right now, we're preparing for 
Christmas. When we get to December 10th, Christmas is over for us. We specifically translate right on to spring. Right now, I'm doing all my spring nursery stock orders. We're ordering all our annual liners and seeds. And we're doing all of that type of stuff before we get to the Christmas rush. So most of that work is done. Then it's the prep of filling trays, getting ready for all of those lovely seedlings to show up. So to give you an idea, about mid-January to approximately February 1st, we'll start arriving seeds to sow, cuttings to stick. The greenhouses will start to rumble, and our production line will start up. February 1st, our per- our perennial production starts. Hanging baskets are started to be planted for Mother's Day. So if you think about it, there really isn't any time to go to the tropics. Now, we do all go away for a vacation here or there throughout the winter months. We have to have time off, but there's many, many things that go on. Starting in February, we start to set up our store for opening up in March in Yarmouth. And then before you know it, it's April 1st and the other two stores are being opened. So a lot going on. There's no rest. Even though we are closed in Yarmouth in January and February, our full staff is there working. We're working diligently to make sure everything is ready for you in the spring. So that's a question I wanted to make sure we answered. So when you think what's going on with Estabrooks, maybe become a friend of ours on Facebook. Because throughout the winter months, we'll post a lot there. We don't send a lot out for emails and stuff like that. We still do our weekly email newsletter, you know, things kind of going on. But Facebook's a great way. We'll start snapping pictures of what we're doing. So it's a great way to kind of keep in touch with us. If you have questions, we're going to have the the radio show is going to be on all season long. So if you have questions, please consider Submitting at estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. We know you have lots of choices when buying plants and garden supplies. But wouldn't you rather come to someone at your local garden center where you know us and we know you? Someone who knows Maine soil, Maine climate, and knows what plants will thrive here. Someone who will make sure you find what you're looking for here or at one of our other independent garden centers. We support each other and work together to satisfy you. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the Independent Garden Centers of Maine at maineigc.com. Do you have planting insurance? You can with Biotone Starter Plus from Mespoma. It's the ultimate starter plant food, and you can use it for everything you plant. Just mix it in with the soil. It works like three products in one to guarantee your success, even in poor soils. The secret is a special blend of natural organic plant food, beneficial microbes, and mycorrhizal fungi. The result is that plants grow faster, roots grow deeper, and flowers and vegetables become more abundant. Maintain your plants with the Tones, a full line of organic plant foods including Holly Tone, Plant Tone, and Rose Tone. There's a tone for almost every tree, shrub, flower, or vegetable. Best of all, every Espoma product is safe for people, pets, and the environment. 
Look for Biotone Starter Plus at your local garden center and visit espoma.com slash videos for product info and valuable gardening tips. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. Have you ever discovered a $10 bill hiding in an old pair of jeans? A forgotten surprise can just make your day. Create your own spring garden surprise by planting bulbs this fall. Simply tuck away a few daffodil, hyacinth, or tulip bulbs right now and then enjoy their color and fragrance next spring before other plants awaken from their winter nap. You'll find a great selection ready to plant at Estabrooks in Yarmouth. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook. I've been talking about all the wonderful things we've got going on, you know, in the off-season. You know, it's the dog days of late fall, early winter. You know, Thanksgiving's approaching. You know, all of our holiday needs are, are coming up. And I've been talking in the last week or so, you know, about, uh, you know, all the different events that are coming up. You know, the 14th evening with Estabrooks, the 23rd, 24th, our greenhouse market, you know, Christmas with alpacas, December 5th. And then, of course, we're off to the races, and it's the middle of Christmas season. So, a bunch of events, stuff that's fun, you know? Christmas should be fun. Decorating should be fun. It should not be a chore, but, you know, early and often, like we've kind of been talking about, you know, and then I was telling you a little bit about the schedule of what we have going on because we don't take a break. Many times people think we just go to Tahiti, lie on the beach. That would be great. I'm all for that. If you can come up with a way that we can do that, I'm all in. Okay? But right now, that's just not the case. So what's going on right now? Let's kind of be, you know, in the moment here. So the Christmas greens are arriving. We have fir tips and pine and stuff like that for your window boxes now. Winterberry is arriving. All of our holiday baskets are starting to be, you know, stuck and and get ready for our wonderful event on the 14th. The Christmas lights are out. We've, we're testing them, and we're getting ready to hang them on some of the plants around the garden center. We're making centerpieces for Thanksgiving, you know, getting those ready for our event. And like I talked about earlier in the show, you know, that opportunity to buy a Thanksgiving centerpiece and then bring it back, and we'll revamp it for the holiday season for Christmas. You know, so all kinds of different things kind of going on. So it's that calm before the storm, you know, like I sort of say. In actuality, it's really not that calm around work right now. We are like little elves hustling and bustling to get ready for all these events that are coming on and making sure we're receiving all of our greens and getting all of this stuff. Now, when we buy greens, we buy greens from all over the country. We buy it from all the way from the West Coast to the Carolinas, all the way from, you know, all the way up into Canada, Maine. You know, we try to give a real nice, well-rounded offering at Christmas time. The other thing we want to talk about is the earlier you put your stuff up, the better. And a lot of people think the later that they put it up, the fresher it's going to be. That's not the case, folks. Most of all of our Christmas stuff is produced in November. Okay, so if you think it's going to be fresher later on, it's not. 
the best thing you can do is get the product up and leave it be. It will be a lot better than handling it later on. But here's here's a couple questions that I thought really, really, you know, kind of hit home for this time of year. One is, should I top dress my garden with compost at this time of year? And should I mulch afterwards? So this is the time of year when, you know, we're thinking about what can we do, what can we do for next year? So if you have some extra bags of compost laying around, or maybe you have a, a compost pile out back that you've got some compost that's ready, this also can be a dormant feed type situation. So now the ground is really starting to freeze up. We're in good shape. If you want to top dress with some compost, you certainly can. Certainly can at this time of year. Mulching, never a bad thing at this point in the season. You know, it's just going to keep the ground cold. It's not about keeping the ground warm. It's about keeping the ground cold from freezing and thawing. will be a big benefit to us. It's the question of whether or not you can get bark mulch at this time of year. We typically are kind of wrapping up with our bark mulch and soils at this time of year because we don't have a lot of call for it. And the other thing is finding some that is not frozen. So if you're interested in soils, you may need to find a place that, you know, has it, and then you may have to thaw it out if you want to do so. So consider all of that, you know, but it's not going to hurt your plants. The only thing with composting and mulching at this time of year that concerns me is composting and mulching over the crowns of perennials and other plants. You're setting yourself up for a situation where you may cause more damage than good. So we don't want to actually mulch the crowns of plants. And when I say crown, what I'm talking about is the area where the plant emerges out of the ground. And a lot of times what I'm alluding to is crown rot. And crown rot is basically anytime you put soil, organic matter or whatnot in the center of a plant where the growth comes out of the ground, you create a situation where fungus and molds and all of those lovely things can fester and rot the crown of the plant or the growth area of the plant. Now, some plants are more susceptible than others, but that's my biggest concern. So do not mulch in the crown of the plant. You should at this point have all of your rows, all of your rows you know, um, protection should be done by now. Your rose cone should be on. Your mulching around the around the actual stem is done. You know, so if you haven't done that, now's the time to make sure you've got it wrapped up. And at this point, it's that time of year where if you're putting any type of structures on your plant, any of your plant structures like teepees, you know, burlap, any of that, now is the time to make sure you have that done by. Okay, the ground's getting fairly thick, you know, with frost now, you know, but, you know, if you need to put some stakes in, a little hot water, you know, can thaw out enough, you know, or just pick a nice warm day. But put stakes and put your burlap on the stakes. I'm not a big proponent of putting burlap right on plants, but if that's the only way you can get it done, that's the what we have to do. If you're putting your teepees on or or your your any type of plant support structures, now's the time to do that. And here's another question: shrub guards, how big should they be to protect from icicles coming off the root? 
Okay, here's here's a perfect scenario of a concerning situation. Icicles are heavy, and they tend to break plants very easily. So first off, you need a pretty good heavy structure. But secondly, don't let the icicle get too big on the house before you knock them off. The smaller the icicles, the less weight. So periodically, it's important to go out and knock those down before they get big. Now, it's early for icicles. We don't really have to worry too much about them at this point. There's no weight really up there. I'm talking January, February, March, you know, those freeze and thaw days that we have that create all that weight up there. And also, how much snow load do you have to pull off your roof? If you have to pull a lot of snow load, do it periodically. Don't wait for it to really build up, and then you have to pull a lot of snow off. Do a little bit at a time. So whatever you can do, whether it be a wooden structure that you have, they make some excellent cloth ones now that we sell that are great for standalone plants out in the yard. They'd be great for roses, blue hydrangea, they'd be great. You know, a whole bunch of different plants. Maybe that area where the plow guy always plows up the plants. I have staked my my driveway, I told you last week at the end of the show. So I got that all done so that when, when we plow, I know where the edges of my driveway are so I don't damage the turf too much. There's always going to be a little bit. That's fine. So I got those put in. I got my gutters cleaned. My hoses are away and drained. My water is off and the pipes are drained. What else do you need to do before the end of the season? Well, here's the, the other thing. My lawnmower's put away. Gas is stabilized. My weed whacker's all taken care of. My snowblower is all charged up with the battery. Everything's all squared away. I changed the oil last year when I put it away. If you hadn't done that, change it before the season. Think about your generator. Is the battery charged up? Is there fresh gas in it? Will it start? All of those types of things. Is the wood all stacked and covered? I still have to put gas in the tractor. And when I say the tractor, my grandfather's tractor. Big Ford 4000, been around as long as I've been alive. I think it was built in 1973. And got to put the old fuel additive to that and make sure that's all. Take the muffler off, cover it with the nice tarp, you know, get that all put away. So whatever you need to do out in your yard, the one of the things I think that is most concerning to me are the gutters. Because now all the leaves are down. Now's the perfect time. Now, again, pick a warm day because there's nothing worse than those wet, nasty leaves in there and it's frozen up. I What I do is I usually take a five-gallon bucket of hot water. And I actually just take that five gallons and I dump it in the gutter when I get up there on the ladder. And that will thaw everything out, and it makes the leaves nice and warm. So just a little tip, and I use rubber gloves underneath my heavy heavy gloves, and that will keep them on the dry side. But it's still cold. It's still nasty work. But now's the time to kind of make sure and get that cleaned up so gutters work really well. Now, here's the last question I had on the website. So if you have questions, submit them because we're getting kind of, you know, we need some more questions, folks. EstherbrooksOnline.com backslash radio. 
I left my house plant outside and it got frosted a few weeks ago. Is it dead? Well, maybe or maybe not. I hate to say I did the same thing. I know I warned you all fall and I left that one Christmas cactus out on the back deck and it got frosted. Now this is not the first time my Christmas cactus has been frosted and it always comes back beautifully. So I'm not too concerned. But what I do want to say is, depending on the houseplant, it may drop a lot of its leaves. And if you think about it, in the last few winters down in Florida, they've got some pretty cold temperatures. And, you know, my in-laws have a house down in Florida, and we go visit every January. And it's interesting to see how plants react in that climate. Because many plants are not frost-tolerant at all down in Florida. But in the past few years, it's gotten quite cold in Florida. You know, the oranges have taken it kind of hard, the grapefruit, you know, a lot of citrus and, and, you know, they've had to do a lot to protect their crops. Strawberries in Florida. But what I want to say is uh, it's interesting to see the plants that really got damaged and they dropped all their leaves and then they refoliate later on. So houseplants, a lot of times you can get some damage but they will relief off of the old stems. The question is, do you want to put that time and energy into getting them to look good again? So I'm not sure what the house plant was and how it is rebounding. I assume, you know, where this was a question that was posed last week, that probably, you know, you've made a decision by now, but always in the fall, you know, whether it be October, you know, September, be careful with your houseplants. It's one of those things that you put outside and you forget about in that first cold night. Wax them. So if you've had that situation, you know, certainly making sure and give them keep consistent good moisture, a little extra fertilizer to put on some new growth, um, you know, maybe even pruning them back might be worthy. But this is the time of year when adding new houseplants to your home can really make a big difference. And speaking of indoors, I hope at this time you've got your maybe your fountain that you used outside going inside now and humidifying the house. We're at that time now where the heat is running, the house, you know, we open up on nice days maybe. But for the most part, our heating system and wood stoves and everything are going now. And so we're creating an environment indoors where there's not a lot of moisture. The air is drying out. You know, soon we'll be adding poinsettias and, you know, uh, you know, all your holiday greens and stuff. That will add a little moisture. But if you raise your humidity in your house at this time of year, your houseplants are going to do much better. So underneath your houseplants, make sure you have, you know, a tray with some rock in it that's going to hold a little bit of moisture. If you have a fountain you used outside and you can translate that indoors, you can use that as a humidifier. If you typically have a humidifier, make sure that's going at this point, even if it's just on low. Start adding in some moisture into your into your home because our heating systems all dry everything out. It's just part of the game. The other thing indoors, it's important to keep our eyes out. This is the perfect time when spider mites start to show up, mealybug. All of those things are starting at this point in the season, okay? It's that time of year. So inspect your plants. Keep an eye on. If you have some ivies that you've, you know, brought back in, Chefalera, 
maybe even some succulents. Succulents seem to have a really bad time with mealybug. And then spider mite on ivy, chefalera, you know, a whole host of different things you can have problems with. So inspect your plants out there too. So a whole host of things kind of going on inside. We'll talk more about that after a quick break. You're listening to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks on News Talk WLOB. Fall is in the air, leaves are changing, pumpkins turning, and fall is the best time to plant trees, shrubs, and perennials. You can buy your plants and garden supplies almost anywhere. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine, working together to ensure you, the customer, gets the best quality advice and service. Visit us at MainIGC.com to see the closest IGC member near you, then stop by your local member garden center, where we'll help you select the best product for Maine's climate and soil. We work together to satisfy you. Visit us at MainIGC.com. For over 60 years, Wilt Proof has provided the most effective protection against moisture loss in plants under water stress, and no other product comes close. Our non-hazardous, organic, and biodegradable film is like having several layers of protection. As the outside layer of Wilt Proof wears off with the weather, another layer forms. Wiltproof is the only horticulture anti-transparent that has the ability to provide this long-lasting protection. Put your trust in Wiltproof. Check out their site at wiltproof.com. That's wilt-proof.com. Have you ever discovered a $10 bill hiding in an old pair of jeans? A forgotten surprise can just make your day. Create your own spring garden surprise by planting bulbs this fall. Simply tuck away a few daffodil, hyacinth, or tulip bulbs right now and then enjoy their color and fragrance next spring before other plants awaken from their winter nap. You'll find a great selection ready to plant at Estabrooks in Yarmouth. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host, and we've been talking about houseplants and kind of your environment inside. And, you know, moisture and humidity in your home is something that we really need to kind of monitor for plants to do well. So we're, we'll soon be adding, you know, poinsettias, maybe you've got some pot moms, you know, a little bit of color, you know, for the holiday season. You know, but all those house plants really, when the the humidity gets really low, what ends up happening is the insects really start to ramp up. So if you don't want to do a bunch of spraying and you don't want your plants to decline, now is the time to think about adding humidity. The other thing, like we had talked about in past shows, now is the time to start thinking about tricking your plants also. It's time to start thinking about tricking your plants that it's a long day. So in past shows, we've talked about putting a light bulb, a 100-watt light bulb, on a timer in the areas where you have plants. So maybe you have a lamp. If you noticed, a lot of times your plants do quite well in the room that you're actually watching TV and have the lights on the longest in the evening. But then maybe you have dinner in the kitchen or the den or whatnot, and then you shut the lights off and you, you don't go back in the room the rest of the the, the uh, evening. The days are getting shorter now. 
I, I, you know, it's pretty scary how dark it is. I remember back to those lovely days in July and August. Man, isn't that nice when, it, you know, it's light out till 8 or 9 o'clock, and now it's dark at, oh, dark 30. <laughs> the days are getting shorter, and your plants are really starting to have a problem with that. So tricking them into thinking it's a long day, they will be much healthier in November, December, January, and February, the dark months of the growing season. Now's the time to start thinking about getting maybe some of those windowsill herbs going. You know, think about at Christmas time, we always start to put out our seed as stocking stuffers. And it's also a great time to buy a little bit of basil, a little bit of parsley, cilantro. Start a little windowsill garden for the holiday. Might be something good you can get involved with the kids. And then you can translate it to your plate. So your kids will have an opportunity in the off-season to grow something. We've got our events coming up this week on the 14th. We've got our night with Estabrooks, evening with Estabrooks, I should call it, from 3 to 7. And we're going to be having a little discussion about terrariums and fairy gardens. So I think this sets you up for that off-season time frame to grow something. Think about picking up some seed, starting your windowsill gardening also to have those fresh herbs. I'm sorry, but fresh herbs are expensive. They're expensive at the grocery store in the off-season. And I find they don't really last very long. So think about picking up a rosemary plant at Christmas time, picking up some seeds. You know, we typically have a few herbs around. But think about your windowsill garden, okay? Hopefully you've got some fresh herbs you've been kind of cultivating. Now is the time to think about planting some more for January and February. So all kinds of stuff you can be doing inside. Outside's another story. The lawn's dormant. The growing season's pretty much over. You've made some plans for next year. It's basically about decorating outside. That is really what it's about outside at this time of year. Now, in the... Next coming weeks, we're going to be talking about a lot of things that are new for 2014. But before we get to that, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the plants that you should think about pruning in the dormant season. So first off, we've got all our Christmas lights up and everything. I'm going to start talking about now what you're going to need to do after you take all of those lights down. So prime example, my apple trees that line my driveway, I'm going to put lights on this year. And the reason I'm going to be able to take my lights down in the proper time frame, which basically to me is sometime in January, you know, and I'm not telling you you need to be, you know, 26th out there taking everything down because, you know, it's a holiday season. I, I feel the holiday season extends to New Year's anyways. So after New Year's, you know, the whole holiday season's over, you've relaxed, you've had a good time, you've enjoyed yourself, now it's time to start thinking about picking up and cleaning up. And part of the reason I put some of my Christmas lights on certain plants is I know when I take the lights off, I have to prune them. So my apple trees I'm going to do in January. Some of the spirea, I didn't cut back this fall 
because I wanted to put Christmas lights on them. So I'm going to prune those back in January. Now, this is all dependent. You know, obviously the apple trees, if there's a lot of snow, it's not a, not a problem. I can prune those anytime because I'm pruning the tops. But like the spirea, if there's a lot of snow and I don't get there before the snow, that's fine. I can wait. It could be done in February. It could be done in March. It could be done in April. It's wide open. So kind of I use that as a guide on certain plants, you know, that I when I take those down, I'll give a quick pruning. The apple trees are, are not huge yet, so I don't have a lot of work. If you have a big apple tree, that's a little different story. You might be, a, But there are certain plants, like fruit trees, that want to be done in the off-season when they're dormant. So that's one of them. Maple trees, it's a good time to think about pruning some of those. And we always get great days during, you know, November that you can do some of these things. So there still is pruning to do. If you haven't got the firewood all squared away and stacked and put away, good good opportunity to do that also. But let's talk a little bit about looking forward to spring. So this time of year, we're placing orders and getting ready for spring and things that are new and, you know, looking towards the choices that we're going to offer to you folks next year. We're doing inventory on everything that's left over to see what sold well and what didn't. So when you start kind of shaping up your garden, take inventory on what did well and what didn't. Get in there and think about the plant choices. Now now is a good time on the annuals to think about what annuals actually did well for you and what spots and what didn't. A topic we're going to bring back up throughout the winter months is the impatient downy mildew. I've kind of changed my stance a little bit. You know, I was the first one, you know, to scream from the top of my lungs saying, I don't think we should plant impatience this year. Boy, they did really well. You know, we didn't see any problems until probably August or September. That's pretty crazy. If we can get that length of time frame without having a problem, then I say plant the impatience. And I think it really comes down to our conditions. We don't have the heat and humidity that a lot of places south of us have. So I think the conditions aren't right for that disease. We'll have um, Lois stack back to talk about her findings on what happened with the downy mildew. What went right, what went wrong, when did it happen? She's been working with Master Gardeners and other folks across the state to kind of compile some of that information. We'll have her back on in the next few weeks, you know, trying to get some answers of what went right and what went wrong. I know a lot of you folks didn't plant impatience this year, and your neighbors did, and they did just fine. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. If you have questions that you want answered, visit our website at estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. Um, you know, I know it's a tough time of year. It's a tough time of year out there in the garden. There's not a lot going on, but now's the time I can start answering questions for spring. So if you have things that throughout the winter months, you know, specific plants, if you have that trouble spot in your yard, don't hesitate to submit the questions, okay? It's a great way to start 
ticking off some of those things. Throughout the winter months, we're going to have a bunch of folks on, sponsors, new plants. You know, I'm excited about Johnny Select Seed coming on. We're going to talk a lot about their new varieties. They've got some exciting stuff coming on. Their catalog should be out about now. And we'll have them on to talk about some of the new interesting vegetables and cut flowers and other things that they've got going on. We'll also be talking with Bailey Nurseries about their new hydrangea that they're adding to the Endless Summer line. And so a whole host of different things that we'll be talking about. We'll be bringing in guests to make sure that we keep things kind of light and interesting all winter long. We are in our taped season. We are not live on Saturday mornings, obviously. So if you have questions, submit them to estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Holly Tone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. At Costa Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, a lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook. November 9th. Oh, boy, the dog days of late fall, early winter. You know, like we've been talking all along, you know, it's about decorating at this time of year. The gardening season's kind of over. And, you know, but we still have questions that are submitted. And, you know, if you have questions, submit them to estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. Well, one question I hear, have here is my ornamental grasses are flopping. Should I cut them back this time of year or wait till spring? My suggestion is this time of year, if your grasses have fallen over and they're not looking very good, go ahead and cut them back. Um, I have a few grasses in my yard that do the same thing this time of year, and I prune them back. And then others that really hold up well in the winter months, so I leave them up. Uh, so it's really more a question of exactly what you would like 
your yard to look like. So I say if they don't look good, go ahead and cut them back. Really simple, easy, just prune them back. Don't cut them really, really low, though. Cut them at about six inches or so. We want to leave a good crown there. Make sure you understand where the grasses are because, let's face it, grasses come up very late in the spring. They're warm season grasses. They don't come up till late May, early June, and look like much. So leave that nice clump, you know, give a good six inches of stalk so you know where they are in the spring and don't have to think they're, you'll you'll probably think they're dead in the spring anyways. I always do. You know, you kind of look at them all, and, eh, I'm not quite sure if that's alive. And then a week later, the growth is popping up. Another question we have is cat and nine tails. How do I get rid of them? I have a patch by my, um, by my mailbox. I want to get rid of them. What's the best way to get rid of cat and nine tails? Okay. So organically, cat nine tails the best way to get rid of them is to cut the stems below the water level first thing in the spring okay now if it is a classified wetlands you don't want to go in there and cut down the cat nine tails but if you have a spot like I do it's on my side of my yard it's an area actually where my sump pump pumps out water out of my basement what I do is in the spring, there's standing water there. And I go in there with my boots. And, you know, I go in and I cut the cat and nine tails just below the grade and it kills them for the season. Now, you always have a few that pop back. But you really need to do this in the, in the time of year when there's a lot of standing water. So my suggestion is go ahead and cut all the cat and nine tails down right now. Get rid of them. Now, it's not going to kill them at this point. But what it's going to do is it's going to make... Shorter stalks pop up in the spring. Now, it's important to cut them below the water line. Not at the water line, but a couple inches below. And then we need good standing water for quite some time to kill them. So that's a good, simple, organic way to kill cat nine tails. If you have an area that stays moist all season and, you know, you need to cut them back and, and kill them later on the season, we can talk more about that. But going forward, thinking in the spring... You've probably got standing water in that area at some point, and that's the time to cut them back. So go ahead, clean up the area this time of year, cut them all down to the ground, and then just keep an eye on it for that spring flush. Okay, so certainly easy tip, something to kind of go back on. So let's wrap up the show today, and we're going to talk a little bit about the events. Okay, so let's go back to evening with Estabrooks on the 14th. We've got all kinds of fun things going on, okay? Wine tasting by Rosemont Bakery. We've got all kinds of seminars. One showing you how to put Christmas greens in all your containers. One on um, fairy gardens and uh, terrariums. One on holiday um, centerpieces and boxwood trees. We've got uh, a whole host of other things. We've got the folks from Main Markets that are going to be vending. So we've got a bunch of other gift ideas that you won't see. So that kind of wraps up, you know, some live music. It's going to be just a fun night. Okay, so 3 to 7 o'clock on the 14th. And then on the 23rd and 24th, Main Markets are back with our greenhouse market. We have a bunch of greenhouse space that we don't use at this time of year, and so we've offered it to these local artisans to come in and be able to show your wares. Our Christmas trees will be available for the 23rd, 24th, 
so you can purchase it to put it up on Thanksgiving if you want. All our wreaths, greens, all of that stuff will be available. So it's a good time where you can purchase greens and kind of deck the halls. Great time of year to really kind of pull things together and be able to do it at Thanksgiving with your family. Like we've talked about last week and this week, you know, spread out the holiday season, have fun with it, and enjoy the decorating portion of things. And then last but not least, Christmas with alpacas. We've been doing this event. It's a wonderful kid-friendly event. You know, all the farms come and they sell all their sweaters and mittens and, you know, all the stuff made from wonderful alpaca products. You know, it's just it's just such a warm, fuzzy. It's great because the farms educate the kids on how the farms work, how they they get the yarn. They they typically have somebody there spinning yarn, and they have a, a craft thing for all the kids. So it's a great kind of family friendly. And then you come and you pick out your Christmas tree. It's just a perfect time to enjoy with the kids. It's all free. You know, so it's a really fun thing. It's another way for us to use our greenhouses in the off season. And folks, we don't charge anybody any of these things. Okay, um, it's all free. You know, it's just fun family stuff. So check us out again, Christmas with alpacas on the seventh and eighth of December, the fourteenth of November evening at Estabrooks, and then the twenty third, twenty fourth, the greenhouse market. So we'll be talking more about all of that. Get out there and enjoy your garden. Get out and enjoy and decorate your yard is more what we should be talking about this time of year. Get out there, take a walk, enjoy late fall. It's a great time of year to enjoy. I hope you have a great Saturday and enjoy your garden. We'll see you next week. Music.